Yeah, so, um, uh, you know, I, Mark, I, I like to open our podcast with some silly dialogue, and I just can't bring any to mind right now. Yeah, that's okay. Well, we're rolling. Well, then let's roll. I'm Rich. And I'm Mark. And we are Two, two Guys, guys on, on Block Island. Island. All right, well, uh, welcome to this uh, episode. A special episode. A special episode. It's going to be a little different than our usual thing, but we feel it's... Uh, it's necessary. It's, necessary. it's needed. Yeah. It's needed as yeah. part of the uh, unity of, of what's going on, and uh, hopefully we can... Shed some light on some things that may otherwise not be known. Right. Um, and of course, we're discussing the incident that occurred at Ballard's on... Um, uh, was some, and much more. And much more. And much more. We're yeah, gonna, the reggae fest debacle. Yeah, we're <clears throat> going to go through it all. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to try to be careful. Keep in mind that uh, what we say, some of it's going to be very accurate personal experience. Some of it's going to be fact based on law and, and things of that nature. And then there's going to be some speculation in and, there. Well, and, and, and our yeah. own personal opinions and yeah, feelings. That's right. About it's, you know, our podcast things. is really an editorial. It is. You know, um, and uh, that's what we're going to be doing yeah. with this episode. Do, um, do you mind if I start it off? No. Okay. Now, we also, we also want our listeners to understand we're, we're not here to deliver a personal attack on Stephen Filippi. Our goal here is to enlighten you uh, as, as to certain certain elements of 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 the ballard's saga that have been occurring and continue to occur um i have a, a personal experience at ballard's with steven work related work related okay and now we're going back to the mid 2000s at this point the year was 2003 and i had started my wedding dj business I worked regularly at the Spring House, the Sullivan House, and the 1661. At some point, and I, it's foggy when, 2004, 5, 6, a few years later. They're all foggy. They're all foggy. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Ballard's had decided, made the decision that they were going to get into the wedding game and open their venue up to host weddings. Um, as the only island wedding DJ, I was booked to do my first wedding at Ballard's. Now... This coincided with the year that the uh, noise ordinance uh, was put into effect by the town. Noise had become an issue. Um, people were complaining about loud noise uh, at night past a certain point. The <clears throat> town council uh, decided the noise ordinance that they imposed would stipulate that all outdoor entertainment, all, all outdoor amplified music needed to be shut off by nine o'clock. Reasonable. So I show up for this wedding that I'm supposed to DJ. Um, I talked to the wedding coordinator. I forget who it was. This uh, it was a woman. And uh, she directs me out to the outdoor patio. She says, okay, here you go. This is where the wedding's happening. This is where you'll set up. Now, this was an evening wedding. It began at like 4 or 5, and I was booked until 11 p.m. I said to the wedding coordinator, at 9 p.m., uh, I, I guess we'll be stopping the dance hour, and I'm going to move my equipment inside and set it back up, and then we can continue the dancing. She said, what are you talking about? I said, well, there's a nine o'clock noise ordinance. She said, well, I don't know anything about that. I said, well, that's how it goes. Yeah, you're like, well, I do. She said, well, the bride and groom are expecting to be out here until 11. I said, well, that's too bad because I don't know who told them that was okay, but it wasn't me. And you need to figure this out. So she went, she said, well, let me get Steve. She got Steve. Steve came over and, and this, I think this was the first actual conversation I've ever really had with Steve at this point. I knew him from seeing him around, but I've never hung out with him. I didn't really know him at all. 
Steve comes up to me and says, hey, Mark, what seems to be the problem? And I said, well, Steve, as you know, there's a nine o'clock noise ordinance. And he said something to the effect of, oh, yeah, but they don't really care about that. And I said, well, I do because it's a town rule and I follow the rules that the town sets forth. Law. 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 Ordinance. Ordinance. Yeah. Um, He said something to the effect of like, oh, well, you know, they they, they never come down here. They're not going to check. There's no one around us. I said, it doesn't matter. I'm not doing that. He said, well, what's the fine? Isn't it like a $500 fine if you get? I said, yeah. He said, well, I'll just pay it if you get if if we get a fine. I said, that's not the point, Steve. The point is that if the, the police come down here and they see me operating past 9 p.m., I'm they know that I know the rules. I don't it's not about the money. It's about the fact that I respect the laws and the rules that the town sets forth. And I'm not going to do that. And. You know, we went back and forth for a bit, and I and he kept trying to convince me that it would be fine. And I said, "Look, Steve, one of two things is going to happen. At nine o'clock, I'm either going to move inside and continue, or I'm packing up my shit and I'm leaving." And you know, he was not too pleased with that. I said, "I don't really care. That's what's going to happen." So they worked it out, and I did end up moving inside. Um, that was the first and last wedding I accepted at Ballard's. Now. In the, so I, you actually, as a hired entertainer coming in, made them for you. You basically said we have to follow the rule. The owner of the establishment didn't. Correct. Yeah. So it was on. You know, and I, my, oh, I, I operated my wedding business until 2014, and in that time, I turned down probably no less than twenty thousand dollars worth of work at Ballard's because I refused to work there. The only time I broke that rule was when a very dear friend of mine, uh, an Islander that I, that I love and respect, uh, asked that I DJ their child's wedding at Ball- that happened to be at Ballard's. And I said, yes, I've done two weddings at Ballard's. That was the point now, at, and this isn't, I mean, it's not a personal thing with that's baseless. It's not like, oh, yeah, I've heard Steve Filippi's a fucking dick. I hear you. Know, uh. Yeah, you had a first-hand had, experience. This is what happened to me. Yeah. And it left a bad taste in my mouth that this guy wanted to put me in a position to break the rules. Right. And then he, you know, tugging at my heartstrings too, like, oh, well, the bride and groom, you know, they're going to be really upset. It's their special day, blah, blah, blah. You, I said, you, that's not yeah, my fault. That's not, that's not fault. my problem, yeah. Steve. Yeah. So anyways, now, do I have video proof of this? Do I have written? T- no, I don't. But that is what happened to me. And he can dispute it all he wants. Yeah. But that's what happened. So that's number one. Now, number two, and I'm going to bring this up to our listeners. Those of you who've been listening to our podcast faithfully know that last year we covered an issue that nobody else seemed to be aware of. Which I don't is know the if they're afraid to touch it or what. But. I don't know, but I, I, for the life of me, I can't understand why the Block Island Times didn't touch it. I understand why places like Channel 10 wouldn't touch it because Steve's the Ballard's is one of their sponsors. Um, but we, we, we broke a story about a pending litigation uh, or, or, or a proposed litigation that against the tourism council at the time Steve was president of. And he, during COVID in the spring, the town, the tourism council had a meeting where they all agreed that they would not promote block Island as being quote unquote open until they could get a handle on the COVID situation. Right. The only member of the Tourism Council at that time that dissented and disagreed was Stephen. Was he the president? He was president at the time. And he was outvoted, like seven to one or or six to one, however many people are on the the board. Hours later, Stephen went on 
Channel 10 and gave an interview where he was introduced as the proprietor of Ballard's and president of the Tourism Council, where he said, Block Island's going to be open, it's going to be business as usual, something that, to that effect. Yeah. And the other members of the Tourism Council obviously were beside themselves. Now, um, there was something, at the, the end of the day, the other members decided that this was no longer a fit. So he was asked to leave. And instead- Basically, they just said, it sounds like you're not a team player with our board. So, right. you know, and that's, you know, what, what it was. Right. Basically, we're, if we're going to meet and make a decision, but then you're going to go out as the president of the tourism council and say whatever you feel like saying without our approval, you know. Right. Yeah. So- Instead of admitting that he made a mistake and saying, you're right, guys, sorry, I shouldn't have done that, and, and carrying on, he, he called his lawyer and he, <laughs> he slapped the, the, town, the, the tourism council with, I don't know what you'd call it, an injunction or whatever, He's, you know, because he claimed that they met in closed session or something and broke protocol and had an illegal meeting without him and technically they weren't supposed to then. Now allegedly that's what happened, but we don't know. I think that. it's um he's his concern is he's alleging they had a rolling quorum, which means in other words just so you can't have a meeting of a public board with a quorum without a quorum. Right. You have to have a majority of the people present. Right. And but if you slowly but surely snail something around, you know, I was on the school board, you had to be careful of this. You couldn't talk individually about the same thing to everybody because it's called a rolling quorum. Okay. So you, you didn't have an actual meeting that was advertised. This is alleged, too. This alleged. is not, you know. Whatever. Anyway, I'll wrap this part, part up because we need to get to this stuff. Oh, yeah. Um, anyways, uh, this now, now uh, Stephen was not reappointed to the Tourism Council back in December. So he's no longer on the Tourism Council. However, this issue is ongoing. It is not put to rest. Yeah. It is still in the hands of the Attorney General. Now, again, we covered who the other members of the Tourism Council were and how hard they work and, and their backgrounds. And these first two anecdotes, well, the first anecdote that I shared and then the second story that we covered, uh, I, I reiterate because one of my goals or one of our goals here is to, I think we need to underscore the fact that as much as Steve presents himself as a member of the community who wants to take part and do good things, I don't personally believe that's the case. I have the same feeling okay. and, and you know, I, I can't speak to the legal aspect of how decisions were made, but I feel that all of those people felt rather than publicly tarnishing him, they were trying to do a polite and nice thing and saying, listen, you're, you're clearly on a different page. Why don't you just resign and we'll appoint somebody else? Right. And the reaction to that gentle neighborhood friendly approach to try to not tarnish this person and, and or affect his business that summer. Absolutely. Should there be any. Right. And then, and instead of reacting to that courtesy call, he, the reaction was a shitstorm of legalities and drawing, right. you know, and attention if, and, to and the the tourism council's legal counsel 
advised them not to give any comment on the matter. So in the meantime, right. Stephen was allowed. I think he put a. I think he made that so they couldn't talk about it. I think it was a gag order. Possibly is that what it's called? A gag, a order? gag order. I don't know if it was him or I think again it was, this is part where we speculate. Right, we can't. You know, so anyway, uh, the the, the I, despite my request, they wouldn't put me on the legal team. Right. I don't know why. Jeez. But anyways, the the point of this is that uh, it, it's 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 still going on. Yeah, and, and he's he's still hanging on to that. Well, you basically opened with a couple of things to help start to establish character. That's and that's the yeah the bottom line. Yeah. Um, you know, and I I feel like uh, you know. It might be a stupid analogy, but, you know, business owners are, you know, if you own a dog that is vicious and will kill neighborhood cats, you have to, you know, you have to make sure that dog doesn't get out the door and and go running around rampant doing things. You have to keep on a leash. It's your responsibility. It's your responsibility. And that's where the town council comes in. And we're going to get deeper into the town council later, you know, and that's kind of. You know, you can't tell someone you can't own that dog. I don't think the answer is to shoot the dog. The the answer is the powers that are supposed to be in control of the dog need to maintain control of the dog. Right. And that's what we're that's what I feel like we're really lacking. Here. And and we're leading into, of course, and what we're talking about now are the events that occurred during the reggae fest held at Ballard's. And let's let's not jump ahead. Let's go back oh, to sorry. the fourth of July. Okay. So oh, right, I, I was right, gonna right, just basically bad. go through this season. I go ahead. I could go back, you know, years. Sure. And, and I've even been known to say in our first year on the podcast that I really thought they they tamed it and they were doing a good job. Yeah. With security and everything. Yeah. I thought, you know, they I thought they had it, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, so I even complimented them on the willingness to change. Right. But it didn't last long. It didn't. So on the 4th of July, that's when we have there's an ongoing investigation into an alleged sexual assault. This is alleged. But I was there standing next to police watching the whole investigation unfold as a as a rescue. rescue. So I'm a member of the rescue squad. Right. I was at the I think I was at Bowers. Uh, I'm going to say three times. It could have been four. Could have been two. But I believe I was there for three separate calls on the same day on the same day. So for all of you listeners that get to watch those lovely videos, that's what we walk through to get to a person who's been basically nine times out of ten. We occasionally have a broken bone. We occasionally have a true accident. Majority of them are overserved. Overserved. On that particular day, um, there was also other assaults that happened and uh, not requiring rescue attention that, that I know of. I, maybe there was and I wasn't on the call, but none of the calls I was on. But the calls I was on, the people, the customers that were overserved, and I'm going to call them patrons because they were on that property. Now, you know, I, I didn't watch them and how they got their drinks, but. Something about the atmosphere there enabled these children to get their hands on so much booze that they actually had to be, you know, hospitalized. At least I know for sure we brought them to our medical facility, our emergency treatment facility. And then I, I think one of them may have even had to be fl- flown off. Okay. Um, but we're talking about I'm going to give you the young age of the first one. And that's 15 years old. Okay. So, you know, we're talking about young. Not a single one was over 21. Mm -hmm. So, you know, right then and there, that's a problem. Because it's not just one. It's not just a random, this is three in one day. It wasn't, oh, one kid snuck in over the fence. Yeah, or he showed up drunk or whatever, you know. I mean, I'm sure that's what they would claim and that's what they would say. And, you know. Um, So, you know, this is how the 4th of July went down there. This was a regular 
regular business day. Yeah. And, you know, we've got rescue squad. Literally one of the calls paged out. We need rescue to respond because we've got too many people passing out. We've got more than we can handle because they they do supposedly bring in. I believe that they bring in their own um, rescue crew. Okay, of, first I aid. think it's like a party of two for first aid and right. to handle things that come up uh, that don't require you know true. And they were you know, overwhelmed. The and they were overwhelmed. So staff. they they couldn't. So clearly, just on a regular holiday weekend, they didn't staff up enough in that department at least. To fit the need of the crowds that they had on hand. And obviously this means security as well, because one yeah. of the jobs of security is to look out for, at least it is here at Captain Nick's is how we do it. You look out for people. Well, we have one entrance and one exit, which is that's it. That's it. And, and, and aside from emergency, exits, emergency, well, of course, of know, course, if a, something goes wrong. You can get out. There's plenty of exits. But even during the day, like when, when Nick's is open to those, the checkpoint. Yeah. You come through, but but everyone is trained to look out for people who seem to be, or you know, like they're, oh, they're yeah. they've been drinking too much, or maybe had more than they should, I can't even, or people yeah. who look maybe a little too young, and right. we, and we we keep an eye on that, yeah. and we have enough security staff that were actively and 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 able to do that. Yep. So and, you know, that wasn't happening here. And our motto is: if you have enough people on, I can't tell you several times I've had. You know, I always said on the nights that I was in charge, uh, my my comment to everyone was, listen, unless something breaks out without you seeing it, if you start to see something that looks like it's going to become a problem, come mm -hmm. and get me. Right. And the idea is it's a lot easier to avoid a fight or trouble than it is to try to stop it once it started. Right. And, you know, and that's what we do. You watch the people. You watch the crowd. Right. You try to filter them at the door. Yeah. You filter them. You just say, listen, I'm really sorry. Well, everybody else is going. In. Well, I know, but. But it's you're my not. call, and we don't feel that it would be safe for you to come in here and consume more alcohol. Right. Well, I won't drink. Not yeah. You know, doesn't it doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. You should really go take a rest and drink some water. So, right. You know. So, so basically, the Fourth of July was should have been en enough, yes. in my opinion, to raise the red flag that hey, what the hell's going on down here? And 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 and, and it should have been investigated by the town a little bit more, a little Absolutely. bit more thoroughly, and it wasn't. Yeah. It wasn't. No. Now, I don't know if it was days or a week or two weeks later, the town... Oh, oh we should mention, again, because this bears repeating, the, the headline in the newspaper and the general sentiment around the town, I feel like, was that after that happened on the 4th, um, it, it, the, the headline was, Whatever, a uh, oh, rampant drinking at bars. So drinking at bars becoming a problem. Ugh. It became a blanket issue about all of the liquor license holders on the island, and that you know we're not doing our jobs. There's too much drinking, too much partying. Bullshit. Right. It was one fucking place. Yeah. That's and the, it. And that blanket scolding is just hiding. You're hiding, but you're afraid to approach and, and take a precise attack and it's not the first time it's happened no it's they, happened it, it can't happen anymore year. it will not happen not no, on my watch no, anymore no i'm not we're not having it this is a message to the town council we are not having it the liquor license holders are done being blamed for one or two establishments that can't get their shit together that's right and you you know the rules are the rules and everybody should have it here to adhere to them but of course it's clear when one is blatantly not so speaking of not adhering uh, a couple weeks later, a week later, whatever, 
the town implemented and uh, enacted uh, compliance checks for IDs to make sure that liquor license holders were not serving underage people. Now, it was, it's back in the paper. Uh, they sent out, uh, uh, what they did was they sent out an underage person undercover with no fake ID, by the way. They no, weren't you trying, cannot do that. They're not trying to trick the bars. They simply went wanted to see if IDs were even being asked for. That's it. If That's you ask all. for the ID, they have to say, oh, I forgot it at home, and they walk out the door. Ballard's failed. They did two days in a row. They sent one into Ballard's. They failed the first day. Then they went back the second day, and they failed again, right. back to back. Yeah. Now, they're the only establishment that failed twice in a row. Others failed the first day and went back, and they had obviously had staff meetings, had said, hey, you know, tighten up. Barthes, and that's the everybody. idea. Like, and that's what you do. Yeah, shake the cage a little, and hey, people, tighten it up. ID and, people. And what we're saying is we're not saying don't do compliance checks. In fact, we welcome them. Absolutely. We need them. Let's do it. Do it across the board. Yeah. And if you fail them, there need to be repercussions. Right. You should get one chance to make it right. And if you fail it a second time, something happens to you. Warning, fine, higher fine, close for a day. Yeah. You know, you, you go, Suspension. Go up the, nobody's going to, if anybody makes it to the fourth offense where you close for a day, you're doing it wrong. Right. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's it. It's you, very simple. We've warned you. Now we've penalized you financially slightly. Warning. Warning, fine, suspension, revocation. The problem is with a place that brings in enormous revenues. In other words, if if I was the business owner of that establishment, I would be looking at my liquor sales as this much per hour. Right. So you know what? Yeah. If I if I waste time carding everybody, that's twenty more drinks we didn't serve because they were underage. Twenty times twelve, you get the gist of it. Quickly, exactly. quickly covers the fine. So that was the second strike on Ballard's this season, within a month. Yep. Okay? Now the reggae fist happens. Right. Well, where do you want to go with this one? If you haven't heard already, brawls inside the restaurant. Well, the let's establishment. start with the beginning. First of all, yeah. uh, before, you know, as people were, customers, patrons were entering the establishment, there, there wasn't adequate security because there's video video right. of of people that have kicked over the the hurricane fencing that has been put the up. illegal fence the illegal get yeah to. we'll get to that yeah. it's illegal and they were walking over it yeah nobody's checking nobody's checking Full IDs. Coolers, Nobody, no, they're yeah, just yeah. pouring over this kicked down knocked down fence yep dozens yeah. of people it was like it was like imagine going to fenway park and having one gate open for everybody to get into the game. Yeah. You know? Which, again, that's fine. Yeah. I mean, if people have to wait, they have to wait. But people got but, sick of waiting. But and the key word is there have to wait. Unless you can enforce your security, it doesn't exist. Right. That's the bottom line. And if you don't have enough security to stop people from knocking gates over and just entering the venue, then you don't have enough security. Right. Still an issue. Right. Yeah. So now we get into the reggae fest. The reggae fest starts happening. Again, I wasn't there. You weren't there. But the videos that have surfaced online are indisputable. Absolutely. In terms of, of, of the, the incidents that occurred on the premises. Of inside. Battles, inside. Yep. Yeah. And then later on, outside, on the docks. Yep. More incidents. And then... On the Block Island Ferry. I think there was even some, you know, I don't think they were as uh, violent, but 
there, there was not a pleasant ferry line waiting either. No, the line was it was the one that went to the dock. It was tumultuous and contentious at best. Wow. Because there is video out there of people in line pushing and shoving just as they're getting close to the ferry, and they're yelling at f- interstate navigation employees. They're they're verbally abusing them, swearing at them. It looked like. Uh, did you ever see? War of the Worlds, the, the yeah. new version? Yes. And they're all trying to get all on that ferry get, yeah. because the thing's coming to blow them all up? Exactly. That's what it looked like. It did. It looked like a panic people trying to escape an island that was about to, a volcano was erupting or something. Yeah. And these people were concerned yeah. because they didn't know if they were going to get on the boat and get out of here. And here's a side note. On a side note, the Block Island Ferry will run extra boats beyond their normal schedule if they feel that they're stranding people here. Right. Maybe not the one guy who wakes up in the dunes at 9 o'clock. And, no. You know, but if they know that there's a line of people that they can't legally handle capacity for and they have to send the boat and it's going to leave an, a group of people left behind, they run another boat. So they, yeah. they do go above and beyond. They don't say, well, that's it. Hey, right. That's the last boat. Now you're stuck. Right. And at this point, I would like to mention this. I've heard also a lot of people are trying to place some of the blame on interstate navigation, the Block Island Ferry. Knock it off. Yeah. Okay? They're not the issue. Get that through your heads. They suffered the consequences of the issue and dealt with it as good as they could. And, but... and, and had to deal with a mess Yeah. that was made by somebody else. Right. Okay? Yep. So if you have beef with interstate navigation, that's on you. That's your own bag of issues. They're, they, they did everything they could. Okay, so let's leave them out of the conversation and focus on the real issue. Because I'll tell you what, folks, if they didn't run those two extra boats. Right. Which, by the way, they were under no obligation. No obligation to do so. They could have said, you know what? That's they're not our problem. Last boat left. Sleep on the beach. You missed them. Yeah. You know, and that's and that would have been. Imagine that. Oh, no, it would have been a nightmare because that's what could have happened. You would have had some angry people causing a lot more problems. No doubt. Everywhere. So. Um, so all of this shit goes down, right? And we're not going to recount in gory detail all of the no. stuff that happened on the ferry, but it was you've all seen the video at this point. You all know what happened. Now, what happens the next morning? Yeah, well, let, before we leave oh, the ferry, sorry. okay. in case you didn't see it, the ferry had to be met. While it, it hadn't even docked yet, in the transit. Coast Guard and a SWAT team, it looked like to me to be a SWAT team, they were wearing the gear and they I, had the- I don't know. I saw the big right, they had the, M, they had the big guns out. I don't know if that was just Coast Guard or a SWAT team. Could have been. But Coast Guard for sure. Well, whatever. Federal, state, and local agencies, Mary right. Ganson Responded. included, had to respond to this. And some police officers and Coast Guard boarded the ferry while in mo- while in moving. Right. And there's dramatic video of that. Yes. And um, it's certainly something I wouldn't have done. <laughs> God bless them and thank you. I can barely get into a boat when yeah, it's docked. I have trouble. Much you less know. jumping from like yeah. the bow onto the, yeah. All right. Oh, there's nothing down there. Just propellers. Yeah, don't worry about <laughs> it. Bl- it's just a human blender. Yeah. You'll be fine yeah, if you miss. Just don't miss. <laughs> Good grief. Um, so that's how the ferry ended with several arrests. Right. And, you know, but there was, it, and here's the thing. This wasn't just a dedicated ferry. So there was, you know non-reggae fest citizens on that right. boat with families and kids who I've heard a majority of people. Well, we're going to get on to public reaction right. soon, but right. you know, right. didn't correct. Right. So go ahead. So now what happens the next day, the interview, right? So, so the next morning, Stephen Filippi goes on the Gene Valicenti show, which is a, a radio show in Providence. A, 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 well, statewide, at least statewide. region wide, almost region you know, you know. for sure. And, and I, th- I would say, I think it's safe to say that Gene has become known as the, the guy who, you know, the morning 
show he's, guy. Um, he's the guy. He's who, good. He's investigative, but he's the voice of reason too. Right. And he just says, "Hey, this is what I'm hearing. What's your What's your side of this?" Right. You know. Yeah. And and he he questioned Stephen about what had happened, and it's out there, people. You can listen to it. Many of you already have. Stephen went on and round and flat out lied, Straight lied. Up. Straight up, saying he it was a very peaceful day. You know, it was a very mellow vibe. You know, there were no incidents that occurred at Ballard's. Yep. There, yeah. you know, everything was fine. Everything was yeah. nothing to see here, folks. And then I, you know, once we release them, I can't, I, I don't know what happened on the boat, but that's right. not really my problem. Right. It's not know. my responsibility to no. deal. You know, I can't control what they do once they leave. Yeah. So it's not mm-hmm. my fault if they got into a fight off, yeah. off my premises. It's like leaving your gun on the ground and some kid finds it. Right. It is your fault. Yeah. It's your fucking fault. It is your fault. You're goddamn right. Yeah. So, so then, you know, obviously the videos, more and more videos start surfacing and there are, there's, <laughs> there's a video of Steven standing there watching a fight happen or that had just been broken up, not kind at of. Ballard's, <laughs> kind of broken up, just off outside on the dock. On our property. On, on town property now. And I call that our property because we live in this town. That's right. So I, that's my property. I'm a taxpayer and that's public property. Now, what else can be seen in this video is... There was one security guard that comes. It was three or four or five females that were involved in this this fist fight, a melee, hair being pulled, uh, punches being landed. And uh, there was one security guard that came and broke it up. And then he walks back. And then you see Steven come into the frame. And you can see the security guard walking towards Steven. Steven's back's to the camera. And Steven kind of, kind of like, like, fake pretends to push the security guard like his body language is almost as if he's joking about the incident and the sec and in another second you see the security guard walk to to steven's left our right of the frame and he's smiling he's laughing he's got a smile on his face as if they think this is funny somehow right and now that's on that's on film camera whatever video it's out there which, ironically, we're going to get to it later. The town council said they can't use video well, as you know, evidence. Hey, there's That's a l- funny because everything else yeah. can use as an evidence. Sure. Car accidents. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, burglaries. Right. They bring the suspect in and they, there you are on camera robbing that store. Right. And, but yes, that's a great But yet we can't. Well, so supposedly the law, legally, it says it has to be the actual source video that a person took. All right. With the, that is time stamped because if you have security cameras in your store, it's all time stamped. Obviously, it's yours. You took the video. Yes. So, yes. so secondhand reposted shared videos are inadmissible, apparently. Um, and I'm so, pretty sure Ballard's cameras are all deleted by now. Probably. So, yeah. anyway, here's another thing we'd like to ask our listeners: if you know of anyone that has their that shot actual video themselves, please turn it in to uh, to the town council yeah. as evidence. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, should we? Move? So there, you, so there we go. We it's it's almost sad because uh, you know, and I don't want to harp on it, but I know that I would probably not, you know. And Mark and I both have experience owning and operating alcohol serving establishments. Had I gotten myself in that pickle, I feel I just feel like I would have to go on the Gene Valicente show and say, you know what, I'm really sorry. This was not what I expected. Clearly, I made some errors here. I'm willing to take the blame, and we are immediately going to have some meetings and try to remedy these problems. Right. I would never be like, oh, especially when it's on video. Like, what are you thinking? You know, know, no, but at any rate. Yeah. So then the next morning, now Gene Valicente's pissed at this point. 
Because he knows that. that he's been lied to. So he has Stephen back on the show the next morning. I haven't listened to that one yet. Okay, well, okay. basically, the long and short of it, Stephen kind of backtracks a little bit and says, oh, I guess, you know, I wasn't aware of this. Or I was in the, and, and Gene holds his feet to the fire. But Stephen doesn't really ever still admit anything. You know, there's there's this right. mindset of these types of people, narcissistic, n- narcissistic people who who either a create their own reality and they actually believe it or b just don't care that they are blatantly lying and understand that as long as they don't admit it's like when you get, you know, you yeah, get yeah. your progressive car insurance card. It says steps if you're in an accident. Number one, do not admit fault. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah That's yeah. like the first thing they tell you. Yeah. Right. So that's what he's doing. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's blatant. It's blatant, it's blatant there. So egregious. Yeah. So let's move on. Okay. Can we? To the yeah, yeah, to yeah. the so, you know, let's let's segue into our uh the public's reaction, which I, I don't really think I need to go into too much detail. If you're not on social media, it's clearly ninety nine point nine percent all, you know, angry, upset, concerned, scared. Yeah, every aspect of disappointed, disappointed. Yeah, there's so much. Um, you know, the the overall sentiment for the majority was this. Um, you know, losing the Block Island that they love. Right. Um, you know, it's. it's, uh, I've heard over and over, we're not going to spend good money and come here and put our family in danger. So we're losing the one one, and we mentioned the mini train wreck. One small aspect that people have to remember is the there are people that enjoy the the environment when they find out that it can be chaos. Right. They love uncontrolled chaos. Right. And they're gonna they they're gonna grab a few more of those people and bring them with them next time. Yeah. But the people that hate that are not gonna come back. Right. They're gonna be like, that's a shit show. And this is the problem because it's starting to fester to the overall island. Right. You know, it's not just about, well, I'm not going to go to the Ballard's sentiment anymore. You mean. Yeah. Well, no, the fear, the sentiment, the concern, it's all it's it's everywhere now that it's now that it's happening on the docks and the ferries. Right. It's it's not like you can just, well, I'm going to go to Block Island, but I think I'm done going to Ballard's because right. I have friends that said that this year. They because went to, now, they Ballard's, went to last year's now whether you like it or not, Ballard's will come to you. Right. So if you I'm not going to go to Ballard's, but Ballard's decided to join me on the ferry. Right. You know, is kind of the the mentality. Yeah. And so they're starting to say, well, right. now I can't even even if I want to ride the boat and, and drive off and just go down the neck to the house I rented and, and chill out. I can't get there without experiencing on some days that 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 event that dynamic, that dynamic. So, so and again, you mentioned train wreck, which is uh, we, we talked about it again in, in the mini but uh, Trainwreck is a documentary about uh, the a festival called Woodstock 99. Uh, it was held on the 30th anniversary of the original Woodstock. It was put together by one of the original promoters and another guy. And it was a debacle. I mean, there were rapes. There was it, it, they basically this crowd was allowed to destroy the entire festival. Well, and it was because there was no security. It's completely inadequate security. The festival organizers and promoters, even though there were news teams on site and they had daily press conferences and the press were were hammering them saying, you know, what about all the problems that are going on here? And the two promoters were like, oh, no, everything's just fine. Everything's great. I haven't heard of anything, any problems. It is so similar that we I'm urging you, please. It's on Netflix. It's called Trainwreck Woodstock 99. Watch it. Because this is the same thing that's happening yeah, with you, this situation. And you just, when you watch it, I don't know about you, I couldn't look away. 
I you was can. so enamored by how they were letting this unfold, yep. which is what's going on. And it's a three-part documentary. It's because yep. th- yeah, Woodstock was yeah. three days: Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Three one-hour episodes. They cover each day in one hour. Please check it out because yeah. it'll it'll illuminate this entire and thing. And they cut their budget on trash, and they cut yep. their budget on security, and they cut all the budgets yep. to to make this thing happen, and yep. so they could greedily make a lot of money. Yep. And it didn't go well. Right. You know, I I mean, I think the most astonishing part was when. I don't know. Am I am I allowed to give spoilers to our audience? But no, nah, no. Nah. Well, well go how about a fire department that says I'm not going in there? Right. So on the last day <laughs> of Woodstock '99, yeah. the, the crowds who had been price gouged and and mistreated by by the event organizers basically decided they'd had enough and they started tearing down the infrastructure and lighting bonfires and they basically destroyed the entire festival grounds everything to the point where there were these giant raging out of control fires and the local fire department was held in upstate rome new york which is kind of out there uh the local fire department had gotten wind of 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 how chaotic and how dangerous it was and violent the event was and said we're not going down there yeah and that's it's a war zone yeah we're not going into a war zone it's worth a watch because i feel that we're right now Block Island is on day two of that documentary. Right. Like, in other words, it's you're kind of like, all right, what's going on here? Like, yeah. What, why, why, why aren't the producers yeah, putting an end to this? Something. They think it's going to be just fine. Stop I mean, if, the if show. This is day two. You stop the show. You stop the show. That's yeah. it. Yeah. And, and again, on this podcast, we always like to, one of the things since the beginning, we like to talk about how Block Island is a microcosm of, of larger society in the world and in our country and the world. And this is a perfect example of that. Right. So anyway, now what happens? So, so they have a town council meeting now yes. on Thursday at 5 p.m. This past Thursday. On Thursday 5, night, yeah. 5 p.m. 5.30. 5, 5 whatever. Whatever. Yeah, so yeah, they yeah. go down there. And well attended from what I, I had a gig at the Spring House. I couldn't be there. Uh, I tried to be there, but by the time I went down, there was no parking, standing room only outside. So it was packed. It was packed. I did. Okay. I watched it. You did. So I could hear the commentaries. Um so uh, here we go. Um, so basically, um, let's see. I wrote some notes here so I don't forget what I want to say. So in my opinion, I'm going to give you my version of it. Go. The first thing the town council did was hide behind their lawyer. They brought the lawyer up to explain how things work. And in my opinion, that's an opinion. So he's, you know, the lawyer's there to give legal advice. I didn't, I didn't vote for that lawyer to run my town. I voted for these, this town council to run my town. So the lawyer comes on and explains that the due process, if we feel there's been a violation, is to schedule A with notification. We couldn't act sooner because you need 48 hours to advertise a meeting. Um, and then you have to have a show cause hearing with evidence presented uh, from witnesses, state police, all that stuff, which on a side note, they are looking for witnesses. So if anybody wants to testify that actually had firsthand account of anything, please go do it. If please. you have firsthand account of watching a minor get served, anything like that, please go Tell them because the more witnesses, the better. Okay. So that's basically what happens. The lawyer comes on and says, blah, 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 and they can't really do anything. Okay. So um, then the speakers were allowed to, you know, to start talking. The, te- they, the public. The, the public town- was allowed to put, you know, public input. And okay. uh, the speakers brought up, you know, many emotions and points of concern. A lot of we've seen on social media. We've seen them written. Uh, but it was like watching a group of starving people, you know, just begging for some bread. Like it's 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 so sad to watch, you know, and I'm literally at the point where I want to say the council is being spineless and, you know, and they just can. I don't know how they can sit there with a conscience 
and and let this go the road it's going. Uh, I know they're talking about doing something, but but that's what they yeah, always that's do. It. Yeah, that's what always happens. So and they'll form a committee, another committee to investigate <sighs> the committee, and another committee to investigate that committee, and they'll have more meetings. I mean, Doc Willis got up and he told the town council they should all uh, resign, and he scolded them for you know anytime any the, the budget was brought up for the state troopers to be on Black Island, they they voted it down. And he basically just said, you know, disappointed. You know, he, you know, he, uh, he just was unhappy. Got a round of applause for that. Mm-hmm. Um, other, another interesting comment was the one that I felt. You know, uh, impact on businesses completely unrelated to the alcohol service industry. And this was a wedding photographer. Okay, and she said, I actually have a wedding booked. And they called me and said, Should we move our wedding? Yeah. Should we move our right. wedding? Right. Weddings are not cheap. They're obviously people of a certain level, probably of, you know, financial status that want to come to Block Island, have the beautiful wedding. And now they're seeing things that are making them say, should we move our wedding? Right. So she comforted him, explained it. You know, that's not how every boat ride is. That's not how every weekend is. And, you, you know, you're fine. But my own driver for your, for your taxi, for my taxi, reached out to me on Monday night and said, Rich, I'm going to park the cab for the night because it's not safe out there. So now that hits me, right? You know, am I talking about a huge amount of money? No, no it's but not. I, but I make my money in small, little ways with different various businesses, B and being bookkeeping, taxi. It all comes together to be my income. And P.S. Would you have said to that driver, "I don't give a shit. It's Never. your job. Get back out there." I said, "You get home and stay safe." Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so you know, this is when it really started to get personal to me. I'm like, now it's affecting my livelihood, unrelated to any alcohol service or any event that I attended right. or anything. Right. It's not. I didn't do anything, and I'm being impacted. So, and there is again back to my uh, what I was talking about earlier. You know, it, it, it's and it could with what the town has tried to do in the past is to make these big blanket statements about everyone and say, Oh, it's the bars. It's the, it's all the liquor license holders. Well, guess what? I'm employed now by captain Nix. I'm a subcontractor here. I, I am the entertainment coordinator. Now, if they decide that, you know, that was the problem with Bell. Now they're going to start on mass yeah, changing licenses. Now you're going to affect my livelihood as well. But you know what? To that, I say, Mark, to that, I say, Bring it. Let him yep. come here and do a zoning compliance. Yeah. You'll pass. Yeah. Let him come do an ID check. You'll pass. Yeah. Let him come and count how many people are in here based on your fire marshal You'll code. Pass. You'll pass. You'll pass. So don't worry about it. Yeah. As long as they include the problems with the blanket. Right. So in other words, if you want to hide behind this and you don't want to say, hey, we got a problem with this one place. Right. You shouldn't do that. But if you got to do it, but let's get to work. Right. And let me let me start passing while they start failing. Right. You know, that's my my theory. And, yep. you know. I got to wonder, you know, this is one thing, and I've said it before, I, our elected officials, they act in the capacity of a licensing board. I'm wondering if we've grown to a point where it's time to actually have a licensing board on Block Island. Yeah. Because, you know, we have, um, we have some wonderful folks that are good to be on a well-balanced town council. You know, Martha Ball's great, but and she has her claws dug into the old Block Island and wants everybody to remember it, and she tries to help us to stay the beautiful place that we were. But I don't think she's ever been in Ballard's or I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I have no idea. Well, my point is, you know, we need to appoint a licensing board that has 
knowledge, experience, and is ready to deal with issues, not worry about, you know, they let the town council run the town. So that's just my side note. I, I think that. that's a, a great suggestion, honestly. I think it's a control issue. Yeah. And ultimately, certainly. And, and ultimately, the council would have final say on any actions the board would take. Right. You know. And, you know, it would be fine if they had control over it. But they don't have control. They over don't. It. They don't. And they're not all suited. And they're not, they don't seem at all interested in having any control no. over it at this point. You know who would be good at it? Who? You. Yeah. <laughs> well, you would. You take it well, very seriously. I do. Yeah. I do because I spent, you know, uh, 15 years of my, my life, like, sweating it out here. Like, because I knew I'm not an Islander. I'm a fucking carpetbagger. And I, I get it. It's right. fine. So I had to go above and beyond here because I always knew that. People hated if, you. And, no, no. I'm just <laughs> Well, that hasn't changed. But no, I, I, I do. I, I, I understood how it works out That's here. That's what I mean. And if you're an Islander back in the day, you know, maybe even now, you know, maybe you get a pass because you're here year round and, and you, you, you know, you have, you see the town council members more and they get to know you a little better. They don't know me. They don't know me. So and, I went above and be, I, I went, I, I made myself a fucking complete lunatic trying to bend over backwards to make this place fucking safe. And I did it. God damn it. I'm and, fucking stand by it. And here's the wild part. One of the thoughts that was always in my mind, and I'm sure in yours, is it only takes one thing to go wrong. That's right. Well, what a folk that was. Bullshit. Yeah. Right. You know, I guess it's not true. No. I, all those years I worried about right. just one incident and we could be in big trouble here. Eh, you know, kind of. Yeah. Eventually. Right. Maybe. Maybe. Sort of. Maybe not, so, though. Yeah. So, um, you know. You know, so that that's it. They're, they're so at the moment they're on the advice of their attorney to not act immediately. Um, but like I said, I didn't elect the attorney; I elected you. Let's say that something. again. They are on the advice, precisely, of their attorney. Advice. Yeah. yeah. You can either take that advice or not. Now, that, are you it. opening up yourself to litigation? Go for it. I'm ready to pay. Yeah, we are. But you know what? Not the fuck up and get into it. Get your hands dirty. Yep. That's Do it. Right. Do something. Well. So we talked about this on the side, you know, we wondered, we did a little consulting because we wondered about, you know, how, how is it that a, a, a stabbing happens in a nightclub in another city in Providence and the next, let's just say Providence Anywhere, and the next day they're shut down. Right. So how does that play into this lawyer's advice? So the answer is that if there's something happening that the greater community is at risk or in danger the town council can act immediately, and the process is you suspend their liquor license based on your concern for the safety and well-being of the community. They can then, in turn... The liquor license holder. The liquor license holder can then appeal to the Rhode Island State, the, Ro the State of Rhode Island Business Department of Business Regulation. They can appeal that suspension, and or eventually, then the cause hearing comes, and the onus is put on the liquor license holder to tell us what's happening and what are you doing to change and address what happened right which is hard if you don't even want to admit it happened right so that's i i don't know why our town council seems to feel like they can't do that and, and i get it but even if there's litigation there is so much evidence and fact out there that the i'm sure the department of business regulation seldom overturns an emergency suspension like right that. i bet it's very seldom yeah, they would have to prove that this was a completely made up thing that nobody did anything wrong and it's some sort of vengeance or something like that. And that's not the case. So therefore, you know, despite the advice of the attorney, the fact is the fact is that our town council can suspend a liquor license and with they no didn't. notice and, and they, they didn't. didn't. And they, they didn't. failed. Yep. And they didn't. So, you know, 
that's uh, to me a, a very cowardly approach. Cowardly, and, you know. And I like these people. I do too, you know, on a personal not, level. Yep, They're but, great. But you know, um, so that's the. And here's a great example. Did anybody sue them when they shut down all work on Block Island for the construction companies during COVID? Because you know why? There was a concern of health and safety for the community as a whole. So they did it. Right. And nobody sued them. Right. Nobody sued them. Right. But I guess when there's a knife fight on the ferry and the Coast Guard has to like pull up behind the ferry and jump onto the boat, I guess that's not a public safety concern. Or my taxi has to pull off the road because it's in fear of uh, somebody damaging it or hurting them. Right. Or Or someone down on the the dock in in Old Harbor just gets, you know, punched for no reason because they're in the middle of a fight. Yeah, they've enjoyed a great three-day weekend on Block Island, and now they're in line for the ferry, and they, you know, what else can they do? And their five-year-old kid has got to, like, see all this stuff going on. Right. So that's, you know. Yeah, I guess that wasn't a big enough concern. uh, Nope. So that's your answer. In my opinion, they can without any – they don't need to explain why they do it. The owner needs to explain what happened and get it back. Yeah. And again – uh, I don't know if you know this, but Rich and I are not lawyers, uh, so we're gathering. I didn't tell evidence. you. Oh, you didn't? Did you finally pass the bar? <laughs> nah, I went in and had a drink. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. Oh, that kind of bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, but it's true. It's like uh, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I, this is what we've been. We, you know, we've researched, and this is how we understand it. And this is how it happens in other places. And this is setting a track record for litigation of a whole nother level. Completely. You know, you, you, you're going to have, if you're going to have some teenage girl, uh, this is hypothetical. I'm not saying actual because there's, there's a few alleged things out there. Let's say hypothetically, I see it believably possible. You have an underage girl served beyond capacity and sexually assaulted. It isn't going to take that family's lawyer a long time to figure out that the town has been absolutely negligent yeah. in, in stopping this from happening. Right. They were actually uh, an enabler yeah. in their daughter being sexually assaulted. Right. So whether if you, you f- like it or not. Yeah. So yeah. if you think you're afraid of being sued by Steve Filippi. Yeah. Yeah. Would you rather face down that potential girl's parents? Or a class action or a class lawsuit action from all of us from other business owners on yeah. Block Island. Because yeah. it's, it's, you've got one problem. That's affecting all of us. And you're not and, dealing and with it. It's hurting us. It yep. costs me money. Yep. You know, that's yep. the way I look at that. And forget so. the money. Like, uh, again, the money's one thing, but the 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 stain, the black eye. Yep. And, and, and again, I could give two shits about optics because I take everything I see and hear and read with a grain of salt. But you can't deny the power of social media. You can't deny the power of public comment. And this has reached a national level. Okay, there are people from all over the country who are aware of this, and this is how they see Block Island. Oh, yeah. My dad called me. He's like, what? Yep. My friend who deals with events in New York City as a police officer said it's unbelievable. Yeah. Like he said, you know. Yeah. I know, and I know money is not the most important thing, but it is kind of to us, so maybe we should take a little quick break for our sponsors. Good point. We'll be right back. Hey, Rich, do these bell bottoms make me look fat? Bell bottom. Oh, wait. It must be Monday and you're going to disco night at Captain Nick's. Well, yeah, of course I'm going to disco night at Captain Nick's. I'm the DJ, man. I got to be there. <laughs> that place is so much fun. So much fun. And the fun doesn't end after Monday because on Tuesday and Wednesdays, we have dueling pianos followed by Dr. West Chesterson's sloppy seconds. What are sloppy seconds? Well, that's when I play the piano for the rest of the drunk people there at the end of the night. Well, that sounds fun in itself. And Thursdays, they've got live acoustic acts and full bands and DJs. Yeah. And Friday and Saturday afternoons, we have acoustic acts on the deck. 
Jack at 5.30. Uh, Fridays are Delaney, and then Saturdays are Buddy Rob Davis. And then Friday and Saturday nights, they've got the best live bands on Block Island, like Derek and the Fun Bags, The Blushing Brides, Fever, Neil and the Vipers, West End Blend, and the High and Mighty Brass Band, just to name a few. Yeah, and uh, the bands aren't over just because Friday and Saturday night ends. On Sunday afternoons, the Young Guns take the stage on the deck at 5.30. Sunday fun day, and what if you're hungry? They got food, right? Yeah, for sure. All right, so they've serving food out of the Captain Galley seven days a week, including some late night grub. So, you know, if you're hungry, stop in late night and grab a bite. Yeah, and if you want to check out the full entertainment schedule, let's just head over to CaptainNick'sBI.com. Cooler? Check. Ice? Check. Drinks? Check. That's everything. All right, let's head down to Fishworks. All right, I'm excited for this trip. I am too. And I, you know what's cool about Fishworks is, I mean, hey, today we're going to go out and try and catch some uh, striped bass, right? But you can get bluefish, fluke, sea bass, bonito, whatever's in season. Yeah, you can book a light tackle or fly fishing morning charter with Captain Chris for up to three people. Right. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. I invited some friends, so we might have to go out on the Harley with Captain Hank because uh, they do half trips and full day trips for up to six people. Oh, and Captain Hank is a hoot. And, of course, the shop, you know, the Fishworks Tackle Shop, they have everything you need, including pointers. If you don't want to go on a charter, they can sell you what you need, tell you where to go and how to do it. Yeah, totally. I think I might pick up uh, a hat and a T-shirt, too, because their merchandise is so on point. Yeah, good-looking stuff. They're located at 40 Ocean Avenue, and they're open every day in season and great merchandise. They really do have some cool stuff. And uh, if you want to check it out online, you can purchase all year long at www.bifishworks.com. All right. How cool is that? Ah, I love it. All right. Let's go catch some fish. Hey, Mark, you want to go grab a bite? Yeah, I'm starving. All right. Where should we go? Uh, well, I kind of want to go somewhere where I can look at the ocean while I eat. So uh, how about the beachhead? Ah, uh, sounds good to me. They're right across the ocean. Yeah. So, yeah. Right on Crescent Beach. Great local hangout, you know? And you know what I love about the beachhead is it forever. Remember, it was always the local hangout spot. Yeah, and if you don't want to sit outside overlooking the water, it's great people watching from the bar. You get to watch all the cars and bikes going by. Totally, because the bar is right there, and in the big windows, you're looking out right onto the beach. It's yeah, amazing. just sit there, drink one of their famous mudslides or a signature Bloody Mary. I mean, they got so many good drinks. So many good drinks. Oh, and you know what else is great? Is that they serve fresh, locally caught fish, and they have fantastic lobster rolls. Yeah, hot or cold. Which one do you like? Oh, one of each. Yeah, me you know, too. I'm that's down. That's the answer to that. But wait, maybe we should wait until 3 o'clock. All right. Because they do buck shuck every Monday through Friday from 3 to 4, and it's a dollar oysters. Well, I'm down for that. So, you know, what if we get a whole bunch of people want to come with us? Hey, no problem. Problem. They got lots of space and they have a special events area in the back. It's reserved for weddings, rehearsal dinners, uh, anniversary parties, whatever. Wow. Well, it's settled then. I'm ready to go to the Beachhead. How about you? Yeah. Check out their website at beachheadbi.com. Surf's up, dude. Bro, what am I going to do? I'm out of surfboard wax. Well, I wish there was a surf shop here on Block Island. Guess what? You're in luck because there is Diamond Blue Surf Shop. Oh, my God. I love that place. But you know what, Rich? It's so much more than just a surf shop. Oh, yeah. Diamond Blue is located at the four-way at Bridgegate Square. Cool. That's on my way to the beach. And you know what? When I'm there, I think I might get a new bathing suit. But they also have hats, uh, sunglasses, footwear, surfwear, everything. Yeah, they got tons. Of great place to Christmas shop, even if it's summertime. But they, they also do rentals. They'll rent surfboards, paddleboards, wetsuits, boogie boards, kayaks. 
kayaks and beach chairs. Yeah, and you know what? If you don't know what you're doing on a surfboard, unlike ourselves, obviously. Yeah, of course. They have lessons by some of the island's most experienced surf instructors. Rich, check this out. I never stood up on a surfboard until last summer. And it was all because of Diamond Blue. Judy was out there giving the kids some lessons, and I just went out with them, and I caught a wave. Wow, that that's awesome. Maybe I'll try it. I don't know. I'm a little nervous, but not with those instructors. Uh, so listen, stop down and visit Jen and the gang. They're all so fun and friendly. Jen's a longtime island local, super cool and groovy. And, you know, their merchandise, if, if you know, can't make it in the store, go online and uh, check them out. Yeah. What's that website address again? DiamondBlueBI.com. <laughs> All right. Uh, thanks for bearing with us and welcome back to uh, this episode, special episode, uh, where we are discussing the incidents and overall the town's approach to these problems. Um, so I, I think at this point in the podcast, I'd like to start to get into the nitty gritty of, of the, the government here. Uh-huh. And I, I'm going to use the word. I feel like there's a bit of corruption. There either has been to allow things to get to this point or is still some right. some form of corruption, which a very good friend of mine said, you know, corruption doesn't necessarily mean an envelope full of cash being handed from one person to another. Right. You and know, again, this is our opinion. Yep. So, you know, take it and, it and it may be the one of the corrupt, but looking the other way is corruption. Yeah. And, you know, as we get into this, I think we're going to feel that there's been some of that. And there is still some of that, right? Um, whether in, whether intended or inadvertent, yeah, you know, it may have started. But again, I, I'm looking to go forward. I, I really, right? I'm not an investigative reporter. I'm not looking to delve into what you know how we got here. But here's where we are. What are we going to do going forward? That's right. really my overall approach to this whole thing. So, um, I guess you know one of the first questions that came to my mind was, you know, what up with this special event? Okay, so. Um, Block Island does have a process to apply for a special event. Now, I cannot tell you it's, you know, whether and I I should have. But at the moment, I can't reach out and find out the actual answer. But I'm not sure if they applied for a special event permit or not. I think not. Either way, the town is responsible because if they did issue the special event permit, they didn't review it properly and they allowed this to happen. And if they didn't issue a special event permit, then consequences should be occurring immediately for a special event held without a permit. Correct. Okay. Again, we go back to suspend and then you come forward and explain to us, how did you do this without permission or how did it go so wrong? So, and again, bear with us. This is, we're going to get a little tedious in terms of, of the nuts and bolts, but we, you, you need to understand what the town, the, the, the rules that the, the law, the ordinances that the town has set forth. Yeah. Now, and we're trying to kind of do the legwork for you. All you got to do is drive along the highway and listen to us. And we, we've looked them up, you know, we don't expect you to go looking them up, but we've gathered some information so moving forward, I'm reading not all of it because some of the special event only occur uh, implies to private residences. So say you're having a wedding on your property. And stuff. Right. So I kind of, you know, you know, I, I wrote out the ordinance for Mark and I to read from uh, highlighting what really pertains to a, a, this situation. a the situation right. at hand. Yep. So we're not skipping parts that would not sound right or anything. We're just skipping parts that don't apply to commercial operation, basically. So private operation. Private operation. Right. Sorry. Um, so here's the the definition of a special event uh, for the town of New Shoreham, um, and this is the ordinance. So this is the law. 
Okay, the yeah. purpose of this article is to establish standards for persons and organizations to hold special events. One, that are not part of the ordinary use of commercial or residential properties. Two, that may use more than one property. Three, that may use public roads or town property. Okay, we're going to get into that later. Um, four, that warrant special attention by police department or other town offices because of their size or extraordinary nature. A special event is an infrequent occurrence that, by its nature, may be offered on a one-time or experimental basis. Right. Okay. Now, under meaning, a special event is any event that the applicant or sponsor knows or should know by promotion, public announcements, or past experience will attract more than 250 persons or 50 motor vehicles in the commercial zones or 75 or 30 motor vehicles in the residential. Or, or will require services beyond those that are regularly, regularly provided by the town, such as additional police services, traffic control, fire and emergency and medical planning services, or services uh, pertaining to street closures or trash cleanup. Special events may include... Concerts. There are a number of other things. Yeah. Parades, dances, Weddings, fairs, weddings. Shows, We're talking exhibits. about concerts. Yeah, but Am- concerts which, which is in there. Includes amplified music and performances. Uh, letter C. Special events shall include number one, an event that requires the partial or full closure of a road or street, an event, an event that will attract a hundred or more persons at one time to use the Fred Benson Town Beach or other state or town-owned property at one time. And the reason I put that in there, right. we're going to get into it later about okay. what's town property and what's not. Yep. Uh, want me to take over for a little bit? Yep. All right. It shall be unlawful for a person or organization to sponsor, promote, engage in, or hold a special event within the town without having first obtained a license for a special event from the office of the town clerk. In all zones other than residential zone, only the owner of the property to be licensed or the authorized agent of the owner may apply for and hold a license for a special event. An applicant shall file with the town clerk on a form provided the following inf- providing the pro- following information, name and address of the applicant, description and the, of the proposed event, assessor's plat and lot number and fire number, dates and times of the event, an estimate of the expected attendance and expected number of motor vehicles, the identity of the owner and agent and telephone number should all be on this application, um, a statement by the owner of any private property to be used for which the owner accepts liability for violations of town ordinances and that the owner or an authorization of the of the owner will be present during the event. A statement by the applicant that he or she has made provisions for medical and emergency assistance, protection of neighboring properties, like the ferry, uh, litter control and cleanup septic waste disposal, parking and traffic control, and compliance with all town ordinances, including the noise ordinances and all state laws, including those on liquor sales, and as well, fire protection. And uh, there's also a stipulation that says the town council reserves the right to limit events based on past history. Um, And then further on, it says outdoor events open to the public for which admission is charged shall end at 5 p.m. Departmental review may be required by some or all of the following Office of Wastewater Management, Billing Official, Harbor Master, Police Chief, Highway Supervisor, and the Volunteer Fire Department Rescue Squad. An applicant may be denied if, number one, the applicant is not completed, uh, not complied with the above. Two, the event will present an actual danger to the public health, safety, or welfare. Or three, the event will unreasonably disrupt traffic or cause a burden on normal use. And number four, if the police chief determines that multiple licenses issued on the same same day will create an extraordinary burden on the town services. 
All right, goes on to say, any license holder who violates the terms of the license or any ordinance of the town shall be subject to a fine on file in the office at the town clerk. In addition, the town council, if it determines that a license applicant has violated town ordinance or the terms of the license, may revoke a license or for the calendar year or suspend it. Now, I, I believe they're talking about revoking the special event licenses. So okay, I don't but think the language that. doesn't say that. The language says they right. may revoke a license. Yes, or reissue it conditionally or deny an application for a subsequent calendar year after notification has been given and a duly advertised show cause hearing has been convened by the town council acting as a board of license commissioners. So in that ordinance, it says they can revoke stuff and then there's a cause hearing right. to try to get it back. So and that's it, how it should be. And again, it says uh, they can, uh, uh, in addition to the town council, if it determines the license applicant has violated town ordinance or the terms of the license may revoke a license. Again, I don't know I, if that necessarily pertains I just to could, a, the special well, event Well, I think permit. it's wide because say the violations that occurred during the event weren't just specific to the event. It was a violation of a town ordinance such as serving minors or, you know. Whatever. Right. So they, there's several things to look at there. The lack of security, the serving of underage persons you know all, right. all of those things then that's why i think it's left vague because a license meaning right you know a license. so either way here's the takeaway is that the town is responsible this was a special event now whether or not he applied for a license and did or didn't receive one i don't think he did yeah the town has the right to act immediately. Immediately. And they've done nothing so far. It says it right in the ordinance. Other than say, we're going to have another meeting. Yep. Right. They're, they're definitely kid gloves for some reason. They're, they're really, you know, doing it backwards. They're having the show cause hearing to try to um, reinforce. In other words, the town shouldn't be afraid of a license holder. It's a privilege that That's right. can be taken away on a moment's notice. That's and right. then you have to show us why you get it back. Right. And they seem to be approaching it like it's something that they can't touch right? Uh, without, oh, my God, they're we scared. need stacks of legal paperwork, and we're going to have to prove that there's enough proof. Just do something, you know? They're scared of being sued by Steve. Uh, yeah, probably. and They don't want to deal with but it. But now they're, like I said, I think they're up against uh, the, the so many other litigation He's going to be the least of the people gonna suing the, you. He's going to be the least of the problems. If nothing is yeah. done. Suing us, the taxpayers. Right. Bottom line. Yep. So, so there's that. So. Where I wanted to red flag so many things we just read in there, but I, I would have been stopping us every 10 seconds. I know. This, this podcast would be like four the hours five, long. The 5 p.m. thing, hence why this reggae fest was free. It wasn't to be nice to people and offer them a free event to go to. They didn't have to stop at five because they didn't charge for tickets because right. it says right in the ordinance, if you charge for the event, it's got to end at five. Mm -hmm. um, you know, there's so many little red flags in there that, you know, it, it's just not. Things could have gone so much worse. Right than they did and thank god they didn't right you know? um so where do we go from there Zoning? well yeah because here's here <laughs> it's, we, it is actually amusing again we have done as, as much due diligence and research as as we can in in looking into not only why this happened but how this particular business has been allowed to kind of get away with not adhering to some of the most basic ordinances that this town holds other businesses accountable for regularly we we had a guest on our show vin carlone and he oh you know what he may have said this not on the air but he basically explained to us this is the way it works if 
if 80% of the population don't obey a law, it, it's not really a law. You right. can't, you can't enforce it. Right. I mean, you know, he, he, I forget what he said, but if, if 700 of the 800 people on this island go out and punch someone in the face, I can't, how can you prosecute 700 people? You know, basically is what, you know, so if it's not enforced and it's allowed to happen, you know, what's the point of having the ordinances? Right. So, you know, all right. So, so beyond uh, special entertainment licenses, the, the, what what really sits? One of the things that really sits at the heart of this issue is the zoning. Zoning, yes. Zoning, yeah. yes. And let's explain to our listeners exactly what we mean. Okay, so I think one of the, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but perhaps a little bit. So let's just first off. So the owner of Ballard, Steve Filippi. He sits on the zoning board. Yep. Okay. So, you we're gonna we're gonna basically broach the subject of a lot of uh, violations. You know, maybe we're off on one or two, but for the majority, we're not far off base. But we've got, you know, the business that's in question on its behavior and and what I what we want to bring to light is some zoning issues sitting on the board. And and this is sort of a you know I refer to the quote: "Keep your friends close, keep your enemies closer." Right. And, you know, Steve inserted himself onto the Tourism Council. Yep. You know, the good old days, I think we greased, a, a, you know, a member of something's pockets so that they would keep you informed on the DL uh-huh. of what's going uh-huh. on. I think it's it's kind of like cut out the middleman and just get me in there. Yeah. You know, so he sits on zoning. Now, this zoning board, first off, we both have references that we that bug us. I have a very good friend, I'm not going to name anybody, who has gone back uh, two to maybe a third time even at her own expense to adjust plans for a house she wants to build to try to meet zoning's requests, even though they weren't legally they weren't legally required to. The first the very first set of plans was within all of zoning's laws. So it got denied. It's a house and it got denied basically not because there was any uh zoning issues with the plans it was just denied because they didn't like it too big to wherever it was placed whatever right but and then you brought up um, so then there was another issue now this is a commercial uh issue now we're talking business now i want to clarify this was zoning and not hdc with what i'm about to bring up i I don't know okay either way and now we understand hdc is different than zoning that being said I think it was zoning because I believe it was zoning. Yeah, HDC has more to do with the textures and shapes and sizes of things. Right. Zoning has to do with the actual building of something. Right. And this was building of something. So what we're discussing right now are the two pergolas that uh, Ross and Brenna Audino erected in front of Tigerfish. Now, pergolas. Okay. Yeah. Couple, you know, some some wood that's you know over uh, customers' seats, right? Just so they were chastised and ordered to remove those, or I don't know, but they the, the town, uh, the zoning board immediately. I, I'm going to say town. Let's let's, let's just let's, use. The let's term do the town. blanket thing the that town. they do. Yeah. Let's do it. What <laughs> they do. All those boards operate under. Thank the town. you. Yeah. That's right. You got exactly. it. So yeah, the town. You know what? Who cares if it was zoning or if it was the HTC? It's the town. <laughs> yeah. Hey, just right. like it's all the bars, right? When somebody fucks up, same thing. So town. Guess what? That's right. The town came down on these this mom and pop operation, this couple that I see every day walking back and forth. Busting their ass. I watch Ross unload food product out of a Cisco truck by himself 
with his own two hands every day. And it's kind of sexy. And I'm, I, he's a very attractive man. He's sweating and it's glistening the off tattoos. of his muscles. Yes. All right, back on anyway, point. Anyway, this guy, these two, these two people, they, Ross and Brenna, they, they worked their butts off. They worked up through the ranks. They've they done their time as chef at the Manassas. Uh, Brenna worked for me as a server at the restaurant. They worked, all worked started me. at the bottom and yeah. have worked and earned their way to, the, to where they are now, which is running two successful and, and quality establishments here. Right. Now, the town decides that they're going to come down on these two kids because they put up a couple of pergolas. Immediately. Yep. Yeah. Immediately. Makes no sense. Okay, because... Because here we go. Because here we go. Yeah. You want to talk about zoning infractions? Let's yep. talk about some zoning infractions. Let's start small. Okay, go We're going to start small with parking. Yeah. Okay, so the, the parking zoning ordinance 502, I believe it is, states the minimum standards for of parking shall be provided and maintained for new construction, expansion of existing uses, or structures... Or, or oh, sorry, expansion of existing uses or structures and changes of use. Okay, that's pretty clear. Yep. Um, the minimum standard for restaurants is one parking spot for every ten seats. Okay, so and and now there is a pre-existing factor. So I get it. Yep. When I when my restaurant had to be rebuilt, um, you know the owners and we were all sitting in the plans. Plans had to be changed because we didn't have. We needed two more parking spots at Sharkies. When you at had Sharkies. Shark, when you had Sharkies to, to meet the code. Uh huh. You know, we were forced to meet the code, and this was a new construction, so I get it. I get why the National can't meet that code, because it's been there since before there was cars. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I get that. Yep. Okay? So I get the old Ballards being there, and, you know, it is what it is. It's existed. It's here probably before this ordinance was made. I don't know the exact date. Okay? But if you look at the track record ballards has slowly expanded and constantly adding seats by the hundreds yeah and nobody has addressed the, the no has anybody gone in to take a a chair count or, or a seat not to and, my knowledge and so now i'm not saying that the original old ballards had to be shut down because they needed to create you know 20 parking spots i get it i also get there could be cause to, again, go through the proper channels, explain that we've done a study and 60% of our revenue is from people with no vehicles. They come off the boat and they walk. Right. So we get it. There's circumstances. But, but no applications for any of this were ever applied and they no. weren't adhered to an existing. They didn't have to adhere to an existing town ordinance. OK, I mean, we can be, begin back. Let me let me throw this one at you, too. Well, I will get to that. But the parking thing. Come on. So I hear all these people bitching about parking from right. employees People, trying to get to work and they are parking legally on the side of the road. Right. There's no sign saying it's you unsightly. Park I get it. And, it and, and yeah, does it add to, you know, the congestion, congestion a little more sure. careful. You, okay. You've got a narrow Fair lane. Enough. You don't want to do the old mirror to mirror kiss. Right. You know, I hate that. No. Um, but, you know, we're so worried about that parking, but nobody's ever brought up these, the fact these that, constant addition of hundreds of seats. Hundreds. Right. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, you just can add 100 seats and you and don't have, have to, to worry about parking. Not have to worry about parking. Right. So, I mean, that's zoning issue one. Why isn't that addressed? Right. Or why was it allowed to happen? Okay. okay. What's zoning issue number two? Uh, well, let's go back to, this is going to go way back. Uh, I got my hands on an actual copy of a document from 1855. This is a document from the State of Rhode Island General Assembly. Assembly. It's a signed document regarding allowing the construction of the harbor and the break wall. What's it say? 
Well, from first off, let me just say that from what I gather, that the inner harbor that you see, yeah. you call it the inner harbor. It's yeah. the brown thing. That's what they started with because they needed a place to house their boats and the and the equipment and everything in protection from the ocean. Yep. So they built the little tiny harbor first, and then they commenced to building the full size harbor. You know, I don't know how many years it took, but it took a while. So this document says. Provided that Nicholas Ball, the owner of the real estate adjoining said landing, shall give the inhabitants of the town of Nishorm the right and privilege of going to and from said pier and landing place forever, and that said pier and breakwater shall be considered and is public property open and free for all. 1855. Okay. He can't go further back than that. And he said that as long as he gives him, uh, the, gives uh, the town, the, the town of people, ta- inhabitants of town and shore him the right and privilege moving forward forever. 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 That's a, that's a strong and word. And to quote Prince, that's a mighty long time. It's, yeah. <laughs> so let's start there with, you know, uh, uh, where do we go? Well, this is going to, let's, yeah. So let me explain the breakwater okay. thing. Okay. Okay. So the breakwater, break, it, break wall jetty, break wall jetty, whatever you folks want to call, and some of you have asked if it's actually attached to the bottom, um, <laughs> which <laughs> is one of our dumb, one of our dumb favorite qu- questions, one of our dumb tourist yeah. questions. But it's okay, you're not dumb, you're just a tourist, and we love you. And we, we love explaining it. So hey, here's a detailed explanation of that. So the breakwater consists of not only what you see, the break wall, whatever you want to call it, above the ocean and the sandy beach floor, uh, ocean floor or sandy beach. It consists of a thing called the toe. Okay, um, so there's the visible part, and then there's this thing called the breakwater toe. This is under the ground, and that spreads outward along the sides of the break wall as sort of a angled foundation to hold the break wall and the visible break wall in place. Okay, uh, and that's what keeps it sustained. So the break wall itself, as well as the toe, are considered public land. Okay, we have a picture of a survey from 2018. That's not that long ago, which I have to assume is when they did the big reconstruction of it. Remember, it got pretty beat up during right. a few hurricanes. Yeah. and they, I think that's when they did it. That's about this eight is, years yeah, ago. Yeah, around there. Around yeah. there. So this survey is recent, okay? It was done by the Army Corps of Engineers. And the lines drawn in the survey, which show the break wall itself as well as the toe, which by law are public property, they're in clearly encroached upon by many portions of Ballard's. The building, the patio. I'd have to get down there with a fine-tooth comb, but. I think mm-hmm. the restrooms that are yeah. that are accessible by definitely the, stage. the cabanas that he's renting the out cabanas, for hundreds of dollars a day. Yeah, those cabanas are the cabanas. They're are all being, on public property. Alcohol is being served, and those are being rented on public on our property. Our property. public property, where I should be able to go down there and just climb over the the wall with my you know kids. But you, but you can't because there's a hurricane effect fence Fems. erected on public property, right. prohibiting you. From from going there. Well, I used to think that, but now I know I can just stomp it down. And yeah. Well, right I mean, everybody it. else yeah, did. Yeah. So, so, um, so you know, there's that. So let's just get down to that bit. You know, they just basically literally built the building, the patio, the everything's built on public land. Yeah. And why isn't zoning or and someone been, stepping up to to say, hey, you got to undo this? And it's been a slow process over the course of years because you mentioned the one survey but if you look at aerial maps dating back to the mid 1900s yep 30s 40s you can see from satellite i mean not satellites in the 30s obviously but they had overhead i don't know hot air balloon pictures or whatever but uh there you can see over the years the slow creeping expansion 
of Ballard's, uh, the, the, the building, the infrastructure the patio. of Ballard's. Yeah. And you can see it slowly over the years encroaching onto public property. And it has gone unquestioned and unchecked by our town. And again, we're back in that position of, I don't give a shit which is which. Did you grant them permission in a zoning application to build on public land? Or did they do it and nobody caught it and nobody's doing anything about it? Right. Either way, shame on you, town and shore. And you need to fix it. And we need to fix it. Now. Yes. No more dick in the dog. No. And no more, like, that's what the ordinance says. Or that's what the plot line, it clearly shows this. Yeah. And there's, a, and there's a gray area of a thing called the median high tide line. That's, right. That's what, by law, the property abutting the ocean owns to. Right. So and I guess it takes a long time to the survey, but there's lines on that map that also show the a previous surveys median high tide line. It's pretty high. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff and, on and, it. And there, the high there, tide cha- changes over the course from summer to winter, too. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it, it is a thing that is factored over years by an average. It's probably a nightmare to try to prove anything. Mm-hmm. The bottom line is if you go down there, y- you can argue to the foot where that median tide line is, but. There's no arguing that if you're standing with the waves crashing on your feet and you're drinking a cocktail, right. you're consuming alcohol from a private establishment on public land. Right. That's the bottom line. So yeah. I'm not going to fight over whether, no, 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 the median tide line's here, not here. Yeah. You know, whatever. But the point is it's blatantly being disregarded. It's happening. Blatantly disregarded. And it's probably happening right this second as we're, we're recording this yeah. podcast, I would bet you. I, and I'm all for any business functioning within the ordinances of the town. We all do it. But, you know... Can the ore put chairs down on the stony beach, right, with, where people can drink drinks and put their feet in the water? No. No. That would be shut down in a minute. And do they do that? No. no they, they don't, don't do that. Because you can't. So they have slowly and methodically continued to add liquor service and structures on public land, and maybe some of it's private. They put up the snow fencing. Yep. Uh, you know, that was an effort to have some sort of so-called security measures. Um, and then the question of... Uh, adverse possession. So for those of you who don't know, adverse possession is when you kind of sneakily sneak in and you maintain some property and you camp there and you hide there for years. And eventually you can go to the government and say, look, never seen the owner. I've been mowing this place. I've been taking care of it. I've been living here. It's mine now. Right. Cannot happen with with there's a law where let's see, where do we write it down? There's um, ah. The law clearly states both federal and state that both laws, federal and state, that you cannot adversely possess public property. So as soon as zoning figures out what's public property and what's not, that's that. Right. They can't say, well, we've been doing it for 20 years. Yep. It's it's ours now. Now, quick question. Why do you think right now, today, the zoning board wouldn't get together and, and, and maybe go down there and do that? Maybe they have a hard time with somebody on their board that's the one in violation. Oh, you mean Stephen Filippi? I do. Yeah. You know? Right. Uh, you know, and now now we've talked about this track record of getting himself appointed to the Tourism Council and then the zoning board, because obviously he's not stupid. He knows it's going to be harder for them to talk about him and do things if he's sitting there next to them. Yep. And now he's got his eyes set on the town council. Right. Which is the next board that he's going to be dealing with, and apparently, he, he, I hope. Right. And he would argue that, he, oh, well, I have to recuse myself. Anyway, it doesn't matter. You're on the board. Matter. Yeah. You're on the board. And if you're if it comes to the surface that we are correct and there's a ton of zoning violations down there and we're going to we're going to get to some more juicy goodness. Yeah. It's time to step down. Like, you got to say, all right, I'm not a fit for this. There's trouble. It shouldn't be. There's trouble coming. I better get in there. 
there's trouble coming. I better step back and deal with it. Yeah. As a as a business owner, you know, I need to be a business owner, not the president of the tourism council. I need right. to be a business owner, not the not on the zoning well, board. Well, again, it's my opinion. Yeah, I love your opinion. It's my opinion that Stephen joined the tourism council to to further his own business interests. And he's done the same thing on the zoning board, and he's running for town council. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We can't, you know, I hope that that does not happen. Uh, just because it's a bad fit. If all of this wasn't going down, even if I maybe disagree personally don't like him or right. disagree with him, go for it. Go you'll, for you'll probably be a good good yep. cog in the wheel, you know, yeah. in the machine. But, but you know, something's rotten in the state of Denmark here. Completely. Okay. They, in 19. 19- 75 ballards constructed the patio for outside liquor service that is clearly on the on the map i have from the yep from the uh you know survey it's clearly built on the toe of the break wall aka public property right now as we go through these different things that are happening down there i i really want to know can i don't want to know i want our town government to go through the files and find the permits for all of these things and I want to see that permits were pulled. And if they were, why were they granted? So again, shame on you either way. Right. Why was it why was a permit not pulled or why was a permit granted for something that should not have been granted? Right. You know. And if they made a mistake, if it was an oversight, it needs to be rectified. And I don't care if it's going to cause impending litigation or if it's going to get dragged out over a number of years. We have to do this. Yeah, we have you to. You have to do it. You know? I mean, yeah. So I, it, it's just, ugh, it irks me. All right. So we've done the mean, so the zoning. So, well, basically they've slowly and methodically continued to add liquor service and structures on public land. And encroach upon public property. That's right. Now, as we discussed earlier, in terms of the town being afraid of litigation, we brought this up. Ballard's is clearly, has clearly been serving liquor, alcohol, on public property. Now, you may be afraid of getting sued by Steve, but if something happens on that public property, the town is open to a much greater exposure in terms of liability. Yes. And by the town, we mean the taxpayers. We mean the taxpayers. You know? And I mean, so the other thing is, you and I both know this. When When you submit a liquor license application, one of the things that has to accompany it is is a site plan of your property, and you have to clearly highlight the liquor service areas. Right. So here we go again. Shame on you for letting them serve outside of the highlighted area. Shame on you for issuing a liquor license, giving them permission to serve in areas that, you know, clearly shouldn't be. Right. You know, I mean, and have areas been expanded after the license was issued. Right. Does anybody gone to check? I mean, it's pretty easy to check on uh, on Tigerfish because you drive by and there it is. Right. It, it, you know, right. you would notice very quickly if if ten more tables were put on the sidewalk, right. and it would immediately be kibosh. Of course, or or but, let's say a couple pergolas. But it's like this unknown peninsula down there on the other right. side of Old Harbor where nobody knows he, uh, he put twenty five extra tables out there. It's out of sight, out of mind. Out of sight, out of mind, and it has to start being in sight. Right. Now, let's get back to zoning. Okay. And in particular, let's talk about some of the infrastructure that's that's down there. Uh, and let's talk about the, 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 the giant stage that was erected to hold this event and other events 
And and there's the, the the tiki bars that are down there that are that that were put up under the auspices of that they're 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 movable or they're non permanent structures. Yeah, temporary structure. Right. So to my knowledge, which which the cabanas probably are. Sure, but but they're on public property. They shouldn't be on public property. Right. Okay. So go ahead. So to my knowledge, these were built without any applications. I'm I'm discuss- I'm talking about the tiki bars and the, and the stage that's the, down there, the big giant concert stage. To my knowledge. These were built without any applications or zoning approval. Again, high tide line can, comes into question, but let's disregard that. Let's talk about the underground electric and plumbing that's being that was put in or not put in without a permit or any zoning approval. Because right. I don't believe there was. So there's live electrical current running, un, unpermitted, uninspected live electrical current running under, under the, the sand under at the, Ballard's, under, bare under feet. people's bare feet with a, uh, water, table. a water table underneath it. Yeah. I mean, we had something to do with an electric cable over in Narragansett that was unaffiliated to a uh, an establishment. Right. And it exploded. You remember that? Right. A little explosion on the beach? Yep. And, uh, you know. Yep. So, now you commented, I think, I, I heard you leave something out. What? You said plumbing and electrical. Right. Oh, the plumbing. Yeah. What about, but I didn't hear anything about sewage or drainage or septic. I don't know of any sewage or drainage. No. So, this these tiki bars... Which are temporary and movable. Right, temporary. How, they're wired with electrical and underground plumbing and everything. Right, but they're they temporary. Don't, but they don't have a drainage system. Right, or wheels. So those of you who love maybe the they ocean, do have maybe they do have maybe wheels. they do have wheels. You probably put wheels on them. Yeah, but so if I put wheels on my house, is it movable? Apparently, yeah, I guess so. Maybe you don't have to pay taxes on it. Wait a minute. Aha. However, anyway, that being said, yep. Where is you can't tell me that on a slamming day down there they have somebody whose specific job is to tote away five gallon buckets of stuff that goes down a sink. Right. And I mean this So where's it going? This wouldn't yeah. It should be hand sinks back there for sanitary purposes. Sure. So And if you're cleaning the bar, I'm guessing you're using some chemicals and some spray that then gets wiped off and wrung out and goes where? And I got news for you, even organic is not healthy for the environment. It's yeah. it's okay for your family to not have to touch chemicals, but even the organic cleanse, anything organic and extreme concentrate is bad for the environment. So right. here we we boast so much about protecting our environment right. and, this, and our beautiful We're beaches. We're so proud of it. We're so proud of it. But we have a business that doesn't even have, that's, that, that's I'm guessing, well, prove right. me wrong, but I'm guessing right. that, that everything's just draining into the beach. That's my guess. You know, and from what I've heard, rumor mill of the aroma down there, it's starting to overall give the beach a stench. Hmm. Interesting. So, you know, it's terrifying. And and prove me wrong. Show, pull out the file and show me the permits that yeah. were applied for. Yeah. You know, and, yeah. Then, and then I'll believe, okay, I was wrong. And again, shame on you either way. Yeah. There's no answer that isn't a shame on you when it comes to these things. Right. Shame on you for not doing something about it. Shame of you for not noticing it. Shame on you for permitting it if you did. And allowing it to continue to happen. Yeah. So that's the big question. How was all of this allowed to take place without approval from zoning and town officials? In the first place. Yeah. So, And part two of that question is, why is it still being allowed to go on? Right. So it's time to fight the fight and reclaim the public land. And, uh, you know, it's been encroached on over the years. And, you know, it's illegal. It's It's illegally being taken over by a business. And in my opinion, the place should be shut down until those infractions are corrected because they are far beyond 
the a situation where, oops, I'm sorry, I built my stone wall two feet over on your property. My bad. Right. Let me, okay, can I get a couple months to figure this out? I got to go, Mark. I'm going to be honest with you. If that approach was ever to come forward, which it won't from these particular, you know, this particular business, if the approach was, you know what? We didn't realize it was a mistake yeah. and we're going to correct it. It's going to take us two weeks. Can we please continue to operate? We won't use the tiki bar because we're going to be dismantling it. If you come to us with a plan, we don't need to shut you down for that. Right. For the zoning violations. It, but you need to show us your plan and we need to see it moving. We don't need to see, oh, we're going to take care of it. And Labor Day, this, the tiki bar is still open or whatever, whatever the town finds or knows is a violation. Right. Well, in my opinion, again, I think Stephen Filippi has proven himself to be someone who either doesn't have the capacity to admit that he's wrong or he truly believes that he's in the right, no matter the evidence presented against him. That's right. And that's the bottom line, and that's the scary thing. You can't get off of murdering someone because you say, God told me to do it. Right. You believe it. Yeah. <laughs> and you're meant to something wrong. Sure. But that's not an excuse. No. It's a, that's a reason why you did it, but yeah. it's not an excuse. Yeah. So, I mean. Um, Is that, do, I, I mean, I think we've covered. Uh, yeah. Like, there's not much more we can wring out of this sponge right now. No, and now we got to wait and see. There is one more very, very alarming factor to all of this. What's that? All of the stuff that we have read, all of the information, the map that I quoted about the tow and the illegal building on the land that's public land, yeah. all of it has been submitted to the zoning board and the town to be reviewed and asked to do something about it, and nothing's happened. So that's this isn't like I'm breaking news and these people are going to hear it from the first time. You know, our town is not hearing this for the first time from us. It's been brought to their attention. Maybe not this specific zoning board at the moment. Right. Because it does evolve and change and people come and go. Yes. But the point is, this isn't breaking news. Right. What, what, what we're really what I'm really pissed about is that there's a remedy. And it's not. And it's been there for a long time. I'm not pitchforking and torches going no. after someone. I simply feel that all of us need to comply with the rules and ordinances of this town, not just some of, not not the chosen few. And if we don't, we deserve to to be properly a reprimanded and then punished accordingly. Yeah. But at the moment, I feel like if I owned a liquor serving establishment on this island. I'm going to serve fucking liquor anywhere I want Why on my not? property. I'll put tables anywhere I want. Do whatever the hell you want. Because it's the clear message is being sent that you ain't going to do shit to me because, right. oh, uh, here's my phone. I can call my lawyer. Yeah. So what are they going to do to me? So right. tough. You know, yep. I'm going to. How about we do a special event with no permit, like a stripper gathering yeah. at Fred Benson Town Beach? Yeah. Let's bring know? back the bikini contest. Yeah. Why not? It's kind of what close. are you going to do? Almost the same thing. <laughs> sort of, I guess. Depending <laughs> yeah. on, yeah. Depending on what time it was. Right, right, <laughs> yeah. right, right. Oh, they got rid of that okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. No problem getting so, rid of that, so. I think we should wrap this up, I guess, because we've, okay. we've gone on, right? But I'm going to, I'd like to make a statement and then I'll let you have it because I'm, okay. I'm going to, I'm going to, my, my feelings again, as a summer resident, all right, I, I understand that I, I am not a year round resident and I have, full respect for everyone who lives out here first and foremost and i i certainly would defer to the the greater uh consensus of whatever year-round residents feel um that being said 
Block Island is the closest thing I've ever had to a home since I left home for high school. The community here has supported me in times of, of personal strife uh, and in times of, of, of professional uh, success. They've, they've always had my back. Um, and I will always have yours, Block Island. Uh, but I want you to recognize that you have a wolf in sheep's clothing in your midst. And whatever you do, don't, don't, let, don't let the wolf eat, eat the sheep. Because <laughs> we're all the sheep, guys. And uh, yeah, that's about it. And uh, I think you're on the cusp of getting choked up a little there. What? Oh, no, no. Yeah, I, just, I think you were. No, no, no. I just was. Uh, uh, allergies? Just, yeah, allergies. Don't pull that allergies. shit with me. It's you, were, allergies. you were a little bit. Allergies. I saw some emotion. All right. So anyway, now okay. go ahead. <laughs> well, Rich, that's important. Um, I am choked up. I am emotional. Of course you, I'm we, emotional. That's what I'm saying. You are. We are. We're passionate. Um, I think the same thing. I would like to direct more of my personal animosity and, and unhappiness because all of this lies in the hands of our town government. The wolves will be here. Other wolves will arrive. They will try to push the envelope. If it, it someday they'll be talking about a different business that's trying to do something crazy. But I implore the town of Nishorham, all I'm asking you to do, I'm not asking you to create a law. I'm not asking you to, to think outside the box. The box is there. The law is there. It's a matter of enforcing the existing law. And you cannot enforce it by ripping down a pergola, but allowing another business to add a thousand seats with no parking and continue to build and rent things on public land. So that's my closing thing is I really, I, I, I love to bitch about the wolf and I'm with you 100%, but the wolf is only is it, the wolf is tameable and that's what you know that's where i'm reaching out to i think i 100% blame everything on a lack of enforcement by this town well let's hope that changes i hope so too so thanks for listening to two guys podcast <laughs> this has been real fun uh uh, and don't forget to reach out on social media if you would like, or you can also reach us at our email, uh, two guys on bi at gmail.com. Right. And thanks. Uh, and please follow us on all of the uh, social media channels and wherever you listen to our podcast, uh, please subscribe and tell your friends. And please, this, this particular episode, please share it. Yeah. You don't have to. Of course, we love to grow our podcast. We love more and more listeners subscribing and all that. We do love all that. But this particular episode has an important message with, I think, important information that the more ears it falls upon, the better chance we have of resolving some serious issues that are putting this place that both I and Mark love so much in danger of changing in a way that it just cannot continue to happen. So. Even if you just click this one, copy this one link to this one episode and paste it on somebody's page or anything you can do to get them to listen to this one, to this one. You don't got to try to convert them into a full on podcast listener, but let's get this information out there. Thanks. Now, Rich. now I just got choked. Well, up. let's, let's sign off before we both start blubbering. Okay. <laughs> I'll talk to you next week. All right. Thanks. I'll talk to you next Thanks week. for all the hard work on this one. Hey, and thank you for being there with me. It's all awesome. Right. See you next week. All right. See you next week. <laughs>